Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, what's going on, everybody? want to welcome you to another episode of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. We got a real treat for you today. Today, we are talking to some of the artists that are going to be playing the 2024 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, which takes place August 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in Milwaukee on Milwaukee's beautiful Fresh Coast. Most of the concerts are going to be at the beautiful Paps Theater. So today's guests are a couple of men who have Man, they have been making their presence known in the smooth jazz world over the last couple of years. I last talked to them about a year or so ago, and they were making it do what it do then. But my gosh, it's since then they have just been growing and blossoming and doing more. And like it's like every time I turn on the radio, I hear these cats. I've been listening to their music. One of these guests released an album, and I got to tell you, I downloaded it the day it was released. And my wife, my daughter were like, okay, already. We've heard it. We've heard it enough already, right? They're a father and son duo from Louisiana. The father is a saxophone player, producer, and composer who's been making music for decades. The son is a guitarist and composer who burst on the scene recently with multiple number one hits from his debut album, Emergence. In fact, these two made history last year when they were the first father and son duo to be number one and number two on the Billboard Contemporary Jazz Chart at the same time. We at Fresh Coast Jazz Festival are beyond excited that they're going to be gracing our stage on Saturday, August 24th, 2024. Please welcome back to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, Quentin Gerard W. and his son, Lamech. Gentlemen, what's happening? What's good? What's good? Hey, thank you so much for coming back on, fellas. Good to be back, man. So excited to be here again. Another year. Let's see what happens this time, right? <laughs> yeah, and what a year it has been for the both of you. Like, you guys have had amazing commercial success with your music. You both are staples on Smooth Jazz Radio. You've been playing a lot of the big festivals around the country. I see you, not just your music, but doing stuff with other artists now. Like, how has the last couple of years changed your lives? Well, I'll go first. Lamech, you want to go first? No, nah, you, you can go first. <laughs> um, well, Carl. Oh, man, first of all, I want to say thank you again for inviting us back to Fresh Coast interview here. This is this is one of my favorite. We had such a great time last year and so excited to be back. How has it affected our lives? Well, I'll tell you what, it, it's literally been in hyper hyperdrive since since these uh, singles came out. Broken Promises for me and Commotion for Lamech. We've just really gotten a lot of recognition and notoriety for those songs uh, on radio on the Billboard number one. And then just getting involved with a lot of different work in terms of recording performances and also working with other artists. That's fantastic. What about you for you, Lamech? Honestly, man, it's been, like you said, it's in hyperdrive. Opportunities have just gone through the roof for the both of us and, of course, us together. So this past year, we've seen a lot of success in just since our first singles that came out like in end of November 2022. But last year, we both had number ones again, he and I both. And so alongside that has just been preparation for what's going to happen this year, which is a lot of live, live opportunities and even even more, you know, radio singles and hopefully more success that comes along with that. But to have uh, the ability to, for me at least, to have 
have a role model that's not only been a guide throughout my life, but to also have equal opportunity and equal success with him. That this has just been a crazy year, man, to be able to see how this has unfolded. And so um, myself, we both have our deals going on. He's got his thing. I've got my thing. But we also come together in, in conjunctions with that. And so it's kind of a, a really nice I guess, package, should I say? I don't know if that's a good word, but it's a package deal sometimes that we can provide to people because they can see like our dynamic, not just musically, but you could know we're family, you know, your family operates a little differently. And so if we get on stage, you know, we have a kind of a synergy with each other that people can kind of vibe to and gravitate towards. And that's I think they really can enjoy that. Not a lot of people get to experience what you guys are experiencing, where a father and son are able to work together and then to have such success at running in parallel, right? That's a pretty, pretty cool thing. Like, I hope y'all are, are soaking this up and recognizing, wow, we, we were in some rarefied air here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how many times it's been done. I'm sure it's been done before, but regardless whether or not that's the case, I, I know we're both bringing something unique to this genre. Our flavors are not necessarily going to be heard by everybody and they haven't been heard by everybody. So that's why they're going to come to us and be like, you know what, this is something that I want to support and I want to listen to. And I'm so glad that this is a thing that we have an option to go support. Yeah. And I got to tell you this from just my perspective on the outside looking in, it couldn't happen to two nicer individuals. Oh, thank because, you. Because, <laughs> I mean, both of you guys, like, I mean, you guys are, we first met about a year ago. And when we first chatted about a year ago, you know, I got a chance to interview both you guys. And both, I thought both you guys were just, just good, down to earth, salt of the earth people who happen to be blessed with talent, but they were just good people. That's all it's about. You got to be a good person first. man. Yeah. Talent, all that other stuff is secondary. People got to like you for you. Well, and I'll tell you, honestly, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you guys play our Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, because Najee said something to me years ago that I, I repeated often, but, you know, it was one of those very simple things, but it was so profound. He said to me, he said, Carl, I only work with people that I like, you know, and like when I met you guys, I was like, I like these cats. We got to get these cats on the festival. Right. But then like all this musical success, y'all making me look good. Like, I, you know, like I had I had y'all I had telling people about y'all almost a year ago that we're going to have you on our 2024 event. And now it's just hit after hit after hit after hit. And I can sit back and act like. I yeah, knew what I was talking about. Absolutely. Y'all making me look like a genius. So, Quentin, I got to ask you this question. I'm a big believer that music is a gift, you know, right? When did you know that Lamech had the gift? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I can help you with it if you need it. Well, <laughs> here's the deal. When Lamech was literally, I think, six months old, I sat him at a piano, at a keyboard, actually, in my apartment at that time. And I was his fingers were so small. I think two keys was the width of his whole hand. And I started doing ear training with him at six months old. So we would I'd take his little finger and press a note and I'd say, this is a C and this is a D. And I sing it back to him. So I set the foundation really early with him in terms of how to hear music. Uh, fast forward, that being said, <clears throat> I started to notice a, a, a change in behavior with him right around, I guess, around six, seven years old when he would pick up a harmonica 
that I had laying around the house. And he would just come up to me and say, hey, watch this. And he'd play something on harmonica, you know, just randomly. And so I was like, okay, this kid might be going down the music path. I don't know, because, you know, he had two options. He could be a musician or a mathematician, you know. Math mama, is too hard. Mama, yeah, my mama, <laughs> mama was on him. So like, okay, you're going to make a decision. You're going to be a mathematician or you're going to be a musician. You got to pick me. So, uh, so then, then he, my, my friend of mine brought a guitar over, an acoustic guitar, and gave it to him. And then he started picking on that thing. So I said, and this was all naturally with no formal training. So I said, okay, you know, maybe he's starting to pick this thing up. Then all of a sudden it crashed and burned. He put it down. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I got my music out of him up until eight. And, oh, well, maybe he's headed down that math path. And then all of a sudden, one day I noticed he had picked up his guitar again and then just was grinding it like I'd never seen before. And I went in there and I was like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, I'm practicing. I said, for what? He goes, I, I'm just practicing because I want to be a great player, you know? And at that point, I was like, hmm, I'm like, that's when my antennas kind of went up and I started kind of noticing. And then I would creep in his room every now and then and share some jazz theory with him and things like that. And he would pick up right away with it. And he said, OK, I get it. And then he would take that information and just go with it. Yeah, cool. His own. And so I guess to answer the question, it, it was somewhere around the age 10 ish. I noticed that he was probably getting ready to start this uh, music career. Okay. And Lamech, watching your father as a professional musician, were even though you went through that period where you weren't as actively pursuing it, was it rub was some of that rubbing off on you, do you think? Were you seeing what were the things that you were seeing that you were like, hmm, I'm I'm kind of digging this. This is something that I like or want to emulate, or how was that all converging for you? Well, absolutely. Watching him was definitely a big influence coming up. He actually had his studio at the time in the living room of our house. And so while I was playing video games and I was like not really interested in guitar, I would still be surrounded by like his his ability to create music and how he would go about that creative process. And so he would have session musicians come in and they would work on the albums and stuff with him. And I would see how that dynamic worked. And I would see the level of uh, skill that these players would come in and put down on these tracks that he would have. And even still, like I had that initial introduction to guitar, the instrument. So I could even at that young age, I understood how good these people had to be to be able to do that. And so I, I understood that already. But then to be able to listen to how they work together, you know, ideas and stuff like that. Actually, one of his guitar players that he had on most of his earlier albums was actually my guitar teacher for a while. And so I would learn a couple things here and there on the guitar with that. But to see him him just work with people and, you know, build relationships, that is the biggest takeaway that I had with his musical career growing up while we were here in, uh, in you know, and I will humble abode, should I say. That I guess that's the best way I can answer the question, because when I think about it, like I try and think back to it, it's like I had two things going on in my brain. It was like, all right, I have music, which I do still really enjoy. But like also, I really like hanging out and playing video games. But both of them kind of coincide. I was like, you know, I can do this, but I can still pay attention to that. You know, I don't have to just forego it entirely. So, you know, that's kind of my thought process from what I can remember growing up back in the day. <laughs>
It's, and it sounds like to me, from bo- listening to both you guys, like that this was a no pressure zone, right? Like Quentin, you weren't trying to get him to be a musician, and Lamech, you didn't sound like you were feeling pressure to be a musician. It just happened, happened as it was meant to happen. The pressure came when I took it seriously. So you know, of course, because when you're taking something seriously, you know, then it comes with the deals. Like, okay, if you're gonna do this, there's not really a backing out because the time that you're spending on this, you could spend on something else that could possibly benefit your career more than this avenue that you're trying to go down. So, like, if I'm doing music, then I better learn how to be the best at it. No, no, don't have to cut no corners or nothing. If you can't commit to that, then you need to go find something else to do. So it's it's especially when when, like this around this time I was in my starting to get into my teenager years and those are the peak development years where you need to really understand trying what all right what you gonna do with your life man <laughs> like uh, you know what I mean so I was like and you know it's funny I, I don't know if I mentioned this last time on the podcast but the, what really made the deciding factor for me was I think I was around 13 maybe 14 years old and i was listening to a lot of like video game music like theme music orchestral music you know movie scores and stuff like that and i still to this day enjoy that but that was kind of the stuff that i was listening to of course charlie para which is major major influence but i was cutting grass one day and i was going out the cutting grass around the house going along whatever and i was while i'm doing that you're just like all right i'm just mowing the lawn so you have a lot of time to think about stuff you just it's, it's like you turn your brain off basically so i was like dude what am i gonna do like what do i really want to do and at the time which really started me on this journey i never ended up doing this but it was a avenue that i heavily consider it's like you know what i want to go to music school like i really want to go to music school so and the reason i wanted to go was to learn how to compose like orchestral music and stuff like that that was the idea and my deal was it's kind of like all right well i don't know First of all, how to compare that to guitar, because that's the instrument I play. So I'm like, okay, how do I like, should I just stop playing guitar and just focus on the actual concept of music? Or should I just continue with guitar and kind of like try and figure out how to blend those worlds? Didn't end up doing any of that except just playing guitar. But, you know, that's kind of like what set me on the path of like, you know, I'm going to commit to music. And so we ended up moving to Atlanta for a little while and actually did an open house at the Atlanta Institute of Music and Media, AIM, as it's called. And um, I went there and I got to experience what like music school would have to offer. And by that time, I had already like really, really put the nose to the grindstone and really practiced my instrument to the point where I was starting to like really, really get good at it. And I remember my dad was he just sat down and told me, he was like, you know what? All the information that you could go spend money to go get at this school, you either already know or I can teach you because he's already been there. So it's like, all right, once he told me that, I was like, you got a point there. I can't really argue with that, you know? So I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, then I mean, what's the point in going to music school? Then I already have a teacher. So all I need to do is I'm already putting the time in on my instrument and I'm, I'm, I want to get better. So might as well just keep playing guitar and see where this takes me. And then sure enough, I, you know, put, put that time in. I went to one of my friend's jam sessions and the Neo Jazz School of Music that they run. They've got their own little school that they teach music with. And all those combinations combined and made me who I am. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Sorry if I went on a tangent with that. <laughs> no, that's great. I love the story. I mean, it, it's, you know, I love, 
I love this that notion too about two things that really stood out to me. One is that fatherly thing that you know I have a daughter who's 17 going off to college in the fall and she wants to be a singer. And Quentin, just like you, Lamech is saying, like when he decided he was going to get serious, then you started having conversations to say, okay, now if you're going to be serious, you got to be serious for real now, right? And that's such because that's a fatherly thing. I'm having similar conversations with my daughter. It's like, you know, if you want to sing, okay, well, you know what, then you got to sing, but you got to sing every, you got to be able to sing everything. And you got to like put your heart and soul into this gift that you've been given, right? And it's the same, it's the same advice. And then cool for you, Lamech, to recognize, because, okay, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm, I was a long time ago when my parents were telling me stuff. I didn't listen. I was a knucklehead, right? But for you, Lamech, to recognize that, you know what, Dad, you're right. All this stuff I need and want to learn, you've been doing this, and I can learn this from you. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it you know, it took a while for that to settle, I'll be honest. I did listen initially, but the deal was, is like, I, of course, as a human being, you had that internal struggle. It's like, okay, is this the right decision? You know? So it's like, all right, I could think about it like this. I can try and have the due diligence and discipline to be able to have myself commit to this task and have him teach it to me. Or do you want to go take the avenue where you're forced to go do it? Because if you go to spend all that money to go to school for this, there ain't no option. You got to do this. You know what I mean? As opposed to self-discipline where you have to force your own person, your own self to be able to sit down and do this. And so I'm going to be honest, I struggle with the latter. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the deal where I was like, okay, I think I need somebody to kind of be on me and to be able to make me be the person that I'm trying to get to. But regardless, I said, eventually I was like, you know what, even if that is the right path, he still has more of a point. It's like, why waste time going to somebody else where you could just use the person that's already been through not only that that institution, but even has the live practical experience that they don't teach you? Because, you know, it's one thing like you can go to those um, music schools and not, not knocking them at all, but you can go there. And you can go graduate, you can get all the knowledge and stuff like that. But those people, when they graduate, they have no idea how to make it in this industry. They end up being the session players. So they'll have a great career as session musicians, the live musicians and stuff like that. But I didn't have those aspirations. I wanted to be somebody who has a unique stamp and somebody has a unique identity. You know what I mean? Not just guitar player number 34 on a, on a venue that has all the same musicians playing there, you know? And so to be an artist, you need somebody that can get you an in and to be honest, there's a lot of gatekeepers in this industry. I'm sure artists have came on here and told you that. So to know what avenues to go through, that's something that they couldn't teach me. That's only for that guy right there that can, you know, can give me that type of knowledge. That's awesome. Well, I think it's only appropriate that we listen. Our first song that we listen to be a song that you both are on. So how about we play a song from Lamech's debut album, Emergence, called Through the Valley, that features Quentin Gerard W. Oh, 
Everybody, that was today's guests, Lamech and Quentin Gerard W. with a song off of Lamech's album Emergence called Through the Valley. So, Lamech, tell me a little bit about why you wanted to have your dad on this song. So, initially, what had happened was that song was written by a great friend of mine, Michael Broning, who I'm sure you've had on this podcast before. Yeah, he's a fantastic musician, even greater person, man. And I remember I first heard the song, he had the initial idea up, and it was a gorgeous tune. And I just immediately got goosebumps when I heard it. I was like, this is like one of the most beautiful songs I think I've ever heard. I absolutely, I'm going to be the guy to set that song off. And he initially said the song was going to go to another label mate of mine. I forgot who it was, but he was a saxophonist. And so... The vibe was is that, you know, well, you snooze, you lose. He hadn't worked on it, so he gave it to me. So I went in there. I did some arranging on it because I was like, okay, how the song originally was is a lot shorter. But I was like, dude, this song, it has a, a unique stamp and identity. We need to arrange the parts and stuff like that and come up with some new sections. And then eventually I did my parts. Mike loved it. But we still needed a feature on it because I was like, well, we need somebody to feature on it. I can't do this myself. You know what I mean? Eventually it was like, you know what? We got to get my dad. He's the only person that could do this song justice. Absolutely. So this, he got the song. He put his beautiful soprano on there, played a beautiful solo. And that song came out fantastic. I was like, you know what? I, mean, I need him on my first debut album to make sure that he has his feature credit. So I was like, you know what? Through the Valley featuring Quinn Gerard W. That's cool. That is really cool. So, Quentin, I got for for you, like you're having your own career and your own success and you've been in this industry for a long time. Like there's the there's all the hard work that you're seeing pay off for you. But at the same time, you're seeing this hard work that was behind the scenes helping your son get to where he's gotten to pay off for him. Like, are you beyond like do you start thinking about, oh, man, I'm so happy that things are going well for me. And I'm so happy that things are going well for my son. It's like a double whammy, man, of goodness. Yeah, man, it's a double whammy of goodness because I never saw this coming. Carl, I I did not see it coming. I actually thought my career was kind of on the downhill slide, so to speak, and was more focused on Lamech than I was me. You know what I'm saying? And it just so happens that as a musician, you're always going to keep performing, keep writing, keep playing. And those creative juices just don't stop. You know, you don't want to do stuff. So, man, when I got Lamech involved with uh, his label deal and, and the producers he were working with, um, the conversation just came up with Mike. And I said, Mike, man, you, you write some good stuff. What are you doing? I mean, do you want to work and do something? And he said, yes, absolutely. So I said, look, let me see what you got. He had some songs. I listened to him. I said, okay, let's try one. And then the rest is history. That's That was Broken Promises. And it was just kind of me looking for a song to release because I hadn't done anything since Cleared for Takeoff. And I was working on my next CD, which is upcoming actually here this year in April, which is the title track is called Broken Promises of that CD. But that said, you know, man, as fate would have it, Carl, I tell you, man, you just live life and let life do you. I got into a point now where, man, I've been pushing this cart uphill for so many years, bro. And man, you go through your ups and your downs. And sometimes you reach those pitfalls and sometimes you reach those brick walls and you say to yourself, why am I even doing this? But there's that little voice in your head that says, keep going. Don't 
stop because the only time you lose is when you quit. You never know how close you got if you quit because you could have been one footstep away from crossing that finish line. And that's how I feel in this case with me and Lamech. The fact that I had the tenacity and the zeal to continue regardless of all the adversity in this game called music, as you know, to keep going. I'm just thankful. First, give credit to God here, man, because a lot of ways, that's the only thing that gets you through is that spiritual intake. You understand? And because of that, my son is is rewarded and is the beneficiary of my determination. And subsequently, like you mentioned earlier, when Najee told you about just being a good person, that was my foundation the whole time. And because I believe that I have been and I am, that's why I'm being rewarded as well. Yeah, that's a great point, because I do think that's something that gets lost. I was having a conversation with my daughter, and particularly in this industry, because this can be a tough industry, right? And if you're a good, decent person, you might sometimes believe that you're getting passed by. But I'm a big believer that at the end of the day, when you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I like that person. I'm comfortable with that person, right? I may not be perfect, but you know what, I'm trying to be the best version of me that I can be then that goes a long, 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 long way. And particularly, like, as a parent, you're setting an example, right? Like, you know, it's like your son embodies those things that that you are, right? Not just musically, but as an individual, right? And those are things that are going to get passed down, but then those things... I think have a huge impact on people because we see so little of that in the world today. When we come across somebody who is a good, decent person and who, oh, by the way, happens to be uber talented, they make a huge impact on you. That's one of the reasons why, like I said, like I got to have these cats on our festival, right? And you guys mentioned Michael Bronig. I know Michael, who I had him on the show. He promised me when I came to Arizona, we were going to have some some wine and steak together. So I got to get out to Arizona. Arizona, but that's another good, decent person that you guys have come together and you guys have just been doing some amazing stuff together. Yeah. And that's the thing with Lebec. First of all, I was a dad first for him before music stuff. So I want to make sure that the listeners understand that in our world, our family comes first. So I would never compromise anything in terms of ethics and morals that I teach my son over fame and fortune. They just don't work like that in my house. See what I'm saying? So you got to have ethics. You got to have morality. You have to be a good person first, because at the end of the day, I teach Lamech all the time and I've taught him, you got to be able to live with yourself and be able to sleep at night and not be able to and not live your life looking over your shoulder and, and peeping around corners, you know, and all that. It's not worth it. So, and Carl, I'll tell you, for me, I would have sacrificed the career in music if it came down to that. I mean, this is not those I must have at all costs, sell your soul to the devil kind of thing. No, man, we're jazz musicians that have invested years and hours upon hours and years of practice and dedication and discipline to an art form that when you get into that zone, and Lameca has just mentioned, you don't have time for knuckleheads <laughs> in your life. You know, we just don't deal with people like that. And we don't have time for people that's wasting time and crazy and running game. And, and I've been through all them kind of people. Oh, I know you have. <laughs> and see, that's why I love being daddy, because Lamech don't have to deal with that. You know, he got to go through that because daddy's here and has given him the vision on how to, you know, recognize them kind of folk and keep them kind of folk out of his life. And then that way he can focus on what is really 
the task at hand, which is music, performing, and recording. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So talk to me a little bit, both of you, about what it's like going out on the road and touring together. Like, you know, what's that vibe? Like, y'all travel the same way? Do you get to enjoy things when you're out there on the road? How's that go down? Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first real quick, and I'm gonna tell you, man, this young man right here, yeah, he's my son, but he's also like my best friend. The road. I mean, he's not even like my son when we leave the house. And Mama continues like she's like, oh, there they go again. You know, we when we go to Costco, we go to Costco together, and we're listening to you know watercolors and smooth jazz radio, and and we're listening to all the other artists and and discussing their songs and talking about it. And I mean, that's the kind of relationship we have. So it's great. I, I, I guess I have to remind myself that I'm the dad sometimes, but I don't feel like the dad. I just feel like his best friend and he's my best friend, you know, other musicians I got. Lama, good. Yeah, like touch my heart to hear you say that, I'm going to be honest with not. And that's the most apt description that we could probably say for our relationship on the road, because we go to the NAM show every year. A lot of times next week. Comparing- yeah, we'll be out there next week. But those all those years where we're like on the road or we're playing a show or whatever, it's just it's just us messing with all the kind of stuff that comes along with travel and you're just making light of situations, man. I'm over here. We making that 11 o'clock donut run. <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out what's going on. You uh-huh. know, over there, get some bad customer service. We over here like, man, what these people problems, bro? <laughs> you know, what's going on? So, you know, bro, it, it's it, like he said, man, it's, it's a it's a friend thing. And it's a very beautiful relationship that we have. And it's just it's it's so easy. It's like it's nothing, man, because like we go to Catalina, we just do our thing, you know, get our thing. We over here chilling out at go continental breakfast or whatever, go chill out when we not on the stage watching TV. You know, it's just I don't know how to really describe it. It's just like, man, just chill. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you, do you try to, when you're touring, is it, and I know a lot of people don't understand, like as a touring artist, like you're on a pretty steep schedule oftentimes, right? Like you're flying out to go to a gig and then you get to the gig and you got to get in your hotel, get checked in. Then you, depending on when you get there, you got sound check or rehearsals and whatnot, maybe some press avail, stuff like that. So it's not a lot of time. Do you guys try to make a little time when you can to like go do some stuff, enjoy a town that you're in, stuff like that when you can? If it's possible, like for Catalina, we got there, we got there on time, but you know, they had like a bunch of, uh, what was it like go-karts and stuff like that to come pick you up from the pier after you get off the boat. Yeah, it was logistics involved. Yeah, Yeah, it's logistics. So we get there, they pick us up. And then as soon as we get there, got to wait for the man and uh, the band before us to finish sound check before we go on. But sometimes that takes a while. So we just went go wander around, see what's up, you know, go check out the venue, figure out where stuff is. But most of the time it's you don't have time. So if, if you have time, make the best of it. You know what I mean? Me personally, I'm a little bit more, should I say, militaristic in the fact that like I don't like to stray too far because I always like to be on call and ready to get up there. You know, you know when people in that, in that kind of setting, as much as you want to have a lot of time to do stuff, they just don't. And they'll tell you that you have time to do stuff. They, you probably don't. You know, you, you, you just want to be around and you want to be there ready. So, you know, in regards to that, after the show, if we still got like time to go do stuff. Oh, yeah, we doing it. Trust and believe we out there. <laughs> 
Good, good, good. So we're looking forward to having you both at the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival in August. And can you give me a little sense of what what myself and all the folks that are going to be there are are in store for? Bringing the funk. There you go. All right. All right. Now, you see, that, that came from him. That didn't come from me. I'm the <laughs> I beat you to it. He's talking about bringing the funk. I'm the funky sax player, man. <laughs> That's all right. We like the funk around here. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, man, we, we, we're coming, and we're coming fully loaded. And I'm going to tell you, listen, there's artists of all varieties, man, and everybody has their thing, you know what I'm saying? But for me and Lamech, when you come to see our show, you're coming to see a collaboration you're coming to see a, a, a history, a historical thing that's taking place between a dad and his son on stage. They're both qualified to be there, both going to have a great time and both going to play some great music. You know what I'm saying? So we don't typically tend to try to draw the attention to us as individuals, more or less, as opposed to really our focus in our show is to make sure that the music experience is what really gets the people involved. And the video, if you looked at it, that we, Kathleen, you can see the crowd was very inactive, activated. And, and that's what we really like to do is get, get the crowd activated and feel as though they're a part of our show, not like we're on stage and you're separate from us and we're untouchable. You know, not like we go out in the audience and we touch people and, you know, we, well, not like that. <laughs> we don't touch people like that. <laughs> Let me back that up, but we engage people, you know, when they hug us and stuff, you know, while we're playing. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, it's it's more of a, a festive interaction with with Quentin, Gerard, and Lamech on stage and at our shows, man. So, Well, I know our people are going to love that because that's one of the things that I've seen of of our audience is that, man, they, they go wild when the artists come out into the audience and when the artists engage like that. Because, you know, we were talking about earlier today, Suzanne and I just, you know, like you don't when people come to a show, you don't know what's going on in their world. Like this might be they might be celebrating an anniversary. They might be getting away from a tough week at the job. They might be, this might be their last day of vacation, you know? And so when they get to engage with the artists and the artists are those kinds of artists, man, I've seen our attendees just have a blast and they love, 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 love artists who, who take that approach. You know why? Because I was a guy that sat in the audience as well. Yeah, we're on stage now, but early on in my development, I was at, a, I, I told you last time, Chuck Mangione concert. And I'm sitting in this audience in an auditorium and all these people, and I'm watching that performance on stage. And I could only imagine what it have, would it have been like to be on stage as an artist and then come out and, and interact with the people that are sitting there. You see what I'm saying? So the visions that you have that are implemented, embedded in your memory years ago that you say, if I ever get the opportunity, I want to do this. Absolutely. Well, let's take a let's take a listen to some more music. How about we take a listen to one of Quentin's songs? How about we take a listen to Landscapes? Landscapes, yes, sir. All right. That's coming up on my next CD, by the way. Fantastic.
All right, everybody, that was Quentin Gerard W. with his song, Landscape. So, Quentin, you said that's coming up. That song's going to be on your next CD. When can folks expect to get their hands on that one? My next CD is, I got one more song that I'm waiting for a wonderful young lady uh, you might know about named Rebecca J. to finish her vocal tracks on. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, how you doing? If you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on my tracks from you. As soon as she finished her parts, that's the final song I have to mix on it. And then we're done. And hopefully we're looking at uh, a release date that's going to be right around April 29th, April 30th, something like that. So, And that's it's called Broken Promises. Fantastic. Well, we can't wait for that. We cannot wait for that. So as people who make their living making music, how, how like I've talked to artists, some artists are like, you know, like I make music all day long when I'm done making music. I, I don't want to listen to a bunch of music. But then there's other artists who's like, man, I'm listening all the time. Like I'm just a sponge. How are you guys? How are you both of you guys? Are you guys in that camp of, man, I want to listen. I want to listen. Or are you kind of like, nope, been making music for 10 hours a day. I want to go and garden or I want to go and, you know, ride my bike sick or whatever i don't know if it's an age thing <laughs> I, I don't want to i don't go that i don't want to go but uh i'm going to be the guy that says look if i'm at the if i'm in a studio after a 10-hour session i'm shutting it down i don't want to hear it. yeah because you, you know that's the other thing about being a musician is recording when you're in a studio man you have to be laser focused and you i'll go in there at eight in the morning something and then come out of there you know nine ten o'clock at night you're mentally drained and especially if there's a new song you're working on so that's just my take on that so yeah i'm, I'm out yeah okay okay what about you lamar for me i guess yeah like he said it might have something to do with age even for me because i know in my regard, if I'm working on a personal song of mine and it has some some potential, I'll keep going until I'm like, all right, I need to get up out of here. But then the entire time that I'm like taking a break per se, I'm like, bro, I got to get back in there. Like, like I, that's the only thing I want to listen to nothing else except that song because usually how I um how I work on music is listening not only creating because writing writing music is a separate process from actually understanding what the piece that you're you're writing because i'll get the initial concept right and then i'll bounce that as an mp3 or whatever and then i'll go to the gym or something and i'll listen to it while i'm there so i'll listen to just the same song over and over and what i do with that is listening to that song over and over it'll give you ideas that you wouldn't have thought of if you were in the studio trying to actively force it i don't really take a break i don't listen to anything else i just listen to that same song you know <laughs> okay so you talked about obviously you guys are family but i'm curious like this convergence of success how has that impacted the rest of your family? Because it's not just you two and your family, right? So how, how has that, how has mom, siblings, how has that impacted them? It's been positive. It's been nothing but positive, man. And like I said, we're, our nucleus family is just three of us, really. My, my wife, Lamech's mom, and him. And we have some extended family members all spread out all over the country. And they have been so supportive. I mean, they flew out to Catalina to come see us, you know, and I got like tons of family in California and places like that. So 
there it's almost like when we win they win and that's kind of like that feeling for them you know it's they're like driving down the road and they're listening to watercolors and they hear one of us come on the radio so they they take their phone out and they're snapping pictures of the screen in the car i'm like are you driving the car <laughs> we worry about driving the car instead of taking pictures of us on watercolors yeah. and they sending us text messages look what's on the radio i'm like oh, i hope you parked in a shopping mall or something and not driving 70 miles an hour on the freeway so you know yeah man it, it's been great for our our immediate family and our extended family all over the country. And we get emails and text messages from everybody that just can't believe, in my case, that I finally, quote unquote, made it, so to speak. And and then in Lamech's case, they're just, they just can't believe how wonderful he is and how great he sounds and how professional he is at such a young, young age. That's been my feedback. Yeah. What about you, Lamech? What's your take on how it's impacted family? I don't know if this is too, I want to say, verbose to say, but I think we might be something like hometown heroes from where we're at right now. Cause, because I have a friend, he, he's a school teacher. And of course, you know, if you're a school teacher, you, you're well endowed in the community and stuff like that. And he said that he has people that he knows come up to him giving us messages talking about like, Oh, he's hey man, let him know. Tell him thanks, man. We love you. You know, all that kind of stuff. We're in a local paper. People, our neighbors is like looking at us like, Hey man, we love what you guys are doing. You guys are awesome. When's your next gig? When's music coming out and stuff like that. So as far as community is concerned, that is is definitely um, a positive note for us in our life and it's for the people surrounding us in our immediate vicinity. As far as our family goes, like he, like my dad just said, it's just been overwhelming support and all of our family members are absolutely loving it like you wouldn't believe. Like my aunt, she's already a sm huge smooth jazz fan. She goes to all the festivals and stuff like that out in California. It's like Eric Darius was her favorite artist to go see. And I asked her, it's like, dude, how, how you feel? You're coming to see us this time. She's like, dude, I can't believe this. This is absolutely a dream come true. And so it's not only kind of like I think for them, because I don't personally know how that experience was feel because I'm the person that I'm living it. You know, I'm not on the outside looking in, but I can imagine for them, it's a little bit more of a personal experience to see it because you're seeing yourself on stage now. You know what I mean? It's not like you're looking at an artist that you don't know. You never grew up with them. You don't know who they are outside of the identity that they present as an artist and as a, a brand. You can't really attach yourself to that. You could try and get to know the person, but you don't really, you don't know them, but they know us. You know what I mean? We grew up, we know each other. They're as invested in us Family. as anybody could be. What's that? Family reunions. Yeah, ex exactly, man. And, yeah, you know, funerals, you know, they have the funerals and family reunions. Yeah, you know, this is all me when I was like seven years old, you know, playing around with my cousins and stuff, hanging around. They've been, they've seen me grow up and finally make it to this milestone. And so they have as much as a vested interest as we do in this whole deal. And so I hope we're making them proud. <laughs> So beyond, because I know you both are soulful people, beyond the music, what is it beyond the music that you hope to leave people with? Very great question. I love that question. You want to go first, Abba? You want me? Yeah. Beyond the music, I want to leave people with the idea and the concept 
that anything is possible in this world. We can't buy the rhetoric that life is too hard, life is this, life is that. Don't accept the word. There's two words that are not in my vocabulary, and I tell Lamech, don't put them in his vocabulary. And those two words are, the first word is can't, and the second word is try. We don't try to do anything. We just do it. And the second thing is, I don't believe in can't. There's nothing I can't do. There's only things that I don't understand how to do it, or there's only there's some, some things that I have to learn how to do it. But there, I can do anything that I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So the, that's what I would like to leave people with to understand that if you're if your life is in a place where you don't like where it's at, then change it. Change it. I mean, just change it. What, see, and I always say to myself, is it going to be one day or is today day one? Ah, uh, yeah, I love one that. Day, one day or you could say day one. And guess what? Day one can always be today or tomorrow. You can start today. Let today be day one instead of keep saying to yourself, one day I will. No, today is day one. Start doing it today. That's my rant. Anyway. So yeah, that's what I want to leave people with it because look, man, I'm I'll be 58 years old this year and I'm ashamed to tell anybody that. And I've been at the top and back to the bottom and now it looks like I'm going back to the top again. So you never know what life is going to be, bring and what it's going to be. There's going to be some some trials and tribulations. But you just got to remember, the only thing that's going to get you through all of that is not money. It's not luck. It's not any of that. It's character. You got the right character, then you can win. That's awesome. What about for you, Lamech? Well, it's funny he mentioned that last part about character because that's literally what I was going to mention. I was going to say what I want to leave people with is outside of music, I want people to know that me, myself, and the people that I surround myself with are people that have honest and very, very integral parts of who they are, that being having integrity, being honest, being moral and ethical. That's what I want to promote in my music. And that's who I want to operate myself with in regards to how I act with people, how I even act with an audience whenever people come up to me, or if they ask me for something or we can do business or anything else of as far as in regards to that. Honesty and integrity is the most important things to me. And that all came from my dad because seeing how he operates, never was late in paying people. You know what I mean? Always got to make sure that everybody's taken care of. You know, don't try to swindle people. Don't try and take advantage of people. And that's honestly, those are the key, key factors I think people need to really keep in mind as far as how to operate in life in general. Because I don't know, from what I've seen personally, I think right now people might get the idea that it might be easier to win at life to take advantage of people. Yeah, I think, you know? I think you're right and, about that. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you'll look at the results and you'll see like, well, I mean, look at the results. The people that take advantage of people is the people that have everything. The only way to get it, something is to take advantage of somebody that already had nothing. So, you know, you can look at that and be like, well, you know, I guess that's the blueprint on how to succeed, like it or not. But the way I see it, that at the end of the day, karma is a thing. <laughs> and, and so 
I would rather be like, like he said, do something to where you'll be able to live with yourself and be able to sleep at night. So at the end of this day, as after it's all said and done, when you're on your your final moments and you look back on your life, can you say that you were a person that people actually cared about and actually wanted to mourn or to actually have a, had a legacy that people can celebrate? Can you say that? And I don't think a lot of people in this life will be able to say that at the end of the day when it's all said and done. So as far as I'm concerned, right now in my life, I'm young. I got a lot of life to live. I want to make sure that every time that I go, that I'll work with somebody or that anything that's involved where I have to communicate with people or have to be in those those types of circles, that what the two things that they remember about me, he was an honest man and he was a man with integrity. Listening to you guys, I, 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 have to sit, I have to share this story with you. I wasn't planning on sharing the story with you, but I have to share the story with you. The reason I started this festival was because of my dad. I owned an ad agency for about 20 years in Milwaukee. And when I started my company, I asked my parents to invest in my company. And my parents said yes. But my father said to me, he said, under one condition, so that you run your business so that you never have to bow your head when you walk by somebody on the street, right? And so I started my company. I operated my business that way. And that's just the people that I happen to. I tell people all the time I won the parent lottery. Those are just That just happens to be the people that I was born to, right? That's who they were. And I wanted to say thank you to them. And so I started a scholarship fund in my parents' names. And shortly after I started that scholarship fund, unfortunately, my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And what ended up being the second last conversation I ever had with my dad, he says he was giving me instructions for how to live life after he passed away. He said to me, son, I want you to always remember to think of others more highly than yourself. Right. Fast forward a year later, my mom, my mom and dad were great school sweethearts. My mom passed away and those words took on even more meaning. I didn't know what that meant. But I knew it's something philanthropic. My wife and I thought, talked about it, prayed about it. And sitting at, at the Indianapolis Jazz Festival in the Madam C.J. Walker Theater, in the front row, listening to Kirk Whalem, my wife leans over, whispers to, in my ear and says, this is what we should do. We should start a jazz festival in Milwaukee and have the proceeds go to charity, right? That's how Fresh Coast Jazz Festival was born, right? So this festival is an honoring of my mother and my father, right? And just listening to you guys, like I knew I wanted to have you on, but I'm just so honored now that you're going to be on because the things that you just said about honesty and integrity and never knowing that today can be the first day, no matter what, those were those were things that I always grew up with as anchors and cornerstones in my life. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I knew right away when I met both you guys, like, yeah, I got to have these brothers on, right? But I think it is so good. And I'm a big believer that in this world, like you said, Lamech, it doesn't seem sometimes like people get that. Like people, it seems more expedient to walk over somebody to get ahead than to help somebody up and give somebody a hand, right? Not expecting anything, knowing and trusting and understanding that God will give you the increase when it is time. But I think you guys are both. I look at your story and it, it is heartwarming to me because of that, because yes, it's the father-son dynamic, but it's also Quentin You've been toiling in this industry for all these years, and then and now you are just breaking out and just like like you're like unstoppable. And at the very same time, you're toiling to raise your son the right way, and you're seeing all these fruits happen for him at the same time that's happened for you. And my belief that ain't nothing but God. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's the result of of being honest, having integrity, having morals, and having ethics. What you see with Lamech, and and this is this compounds what he just said is like when when people think that it's easier to cheat, to steal, and to lie, then what are the rewards of that? It's the rewards of cheating, stealing, and lying. Temporary. That's that's temporary. Negative. Yes. Temporary thing, and yeah. it's going to lead to a negative situation. But when you're on the other side of the fence, look at the rewards you get from being honest, ethical, and moral. Man, those rewards are like a boundless. You, you can't put a number on what your blessings are going to be from just being that. But cheating people in line, you can wind up in jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, a common person with common sense would beg to understand that. If they just don't have no understanding, they go on and cheat, steal, and lie, and watch what happened to you. And then when you sit, you're sitting yeah. in jail, don't wonder why you, how you got there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's just a, it's just a man. Listen, the deg- the degradation of those principles in modern day society, as you see on the news, has resulted into chaos. And yeah. we have to, if Lebecca and I are a beacon of hope for people in this world to know that we've got to reverse this course and yeah. we got to get back to honesty and integrity, morals and ethics, yeah. then so be it. We're going to carry that torch, and we don't care. We, we don't appreciate like that, man. So the only people that won't like it is people that's lying, cheating, and stealing. We don't care, but anyway, so. Well, good good on both of y'all, man. Good on both of y'all. We got time for a couple more songs, man. How about we listen to, we'll do these back to back. How about we listen to Lamex tune Apex? And Quentin, how about we listen to Broken Promises? All right.
All right. So tell y'all a little bit like when Broken Promises came out, you know, I wore that song out, Quentin, you know, and then I started then I went back and started listening to all of your stuff. And man, I just listened over and over again. And when the day Lamech, you posted the day before Emergence came out, you posted on social media that it was coming out the next day. And so I downloaded it that day. I think I may have sent you a to, sent you a message saying I just downloaded it. You were on a plane, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, yep, yep. And yeah, so I, I started I, I started listening, listening, and like I'm one of those people who like like I love the hits, but I want to get deep in it. I want to find some. And man, Bert's mood and do you love me, dude? Oh, wow, dude, <laughs> man, those. I tell you. My neighbors were probably like, I'm, I'm, I'm riding around with my sunroof open, with my windows down, and I like my music a little loud, and I think my, uh-huh. my I think my neighbors heard a time or two more than they probably thought they were going to hear it, you know. So. <laughs> But I love the fact that that's one of my things, man. Like I love, like I I think a good album is an investment, right? Like you when you get in and they're so, and I love on both of your music, man. There's just like nothing's the same. Like it's a trip, right? Like I'm up here for a minute, then I'm down here for a minute, I'm over here for another minute. Like I love, like, and I'm curious for both of you guys, like when you construct an album, like like it's not just a collection of songs. Right. What goes into that thinking process? Exactly what you just mentioned about having ebbs and flows in an album. Every album that I think is in consideration to being a great album has variety in it. It can't just be the same song you've heard over and over again. I think back to all my favorite albums and stuff like that. They had different sonic sonic consistencies throughout the album like you'll hear one song and it'll be like oh it's a ballad but it's got a different type of ballad that i've never really heard before it's a little bit more smoother or it could be more up tempo they'll have two ballads one could be smooth one can be up tempo you know what i mean and then you'll have of course your hype songs and stuff like that but then also it's also have something where you'll take different techniques in in your ideas on how you want to bring about a concept so say for instance like i know this is probably one of my hits in my current single let's get down right so on that song in particular the idea i was gonna have was not only just play it with guitar right but in certain sections i want to have a different type of sonic thing that'll kind of bring out a section that you'll hear and in which case that'll be in the verse where i actually have a piccolo bass underneath with the with the melody and so anybody that'll that'll gravitate towards that has a discerning ear can notice that kind of stuff and be like well i mean normal people if i listen to anybody else's album they'll just play it straight but this kind of gives it a different color to it and it gives you a different attitude to a song and so when making an album you kind of want to really experiment with all different types of ways to make your sound unique because (sighs) uniqueness is in short supply these days i gotta be honest with you (laughs) you know no doubt well well fellas i gotta say that as always it is absolute pleasure to have you guys on and get a minute to chop it up with you guys i cannot wait for you guys to get to milwaukee we can't wait either I'm going to be fanboying myself. You know, my wife get on me. She'd be like, you supposed to be working. And I'd be sneaking in the theater to listen, right? You know, I was like, I got I to listen to this, baby. You know? Come have fun, man. <laughs> right, right. So I'm going to be fanboying myself. But I know this for a fact. I know when y'all leave Milwaukee, 
Yeah. Milwaukee gonna love y'all. Milwaukee gonna be saying, "Bring them back." So yeah, appreciate that. We we'll appreciate come back as many love. times as you want us to. All right, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our guest today, Lamech and Quentin Gerard W. That dynamic duo is going to be at the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival with Kirk Whalem, Boney James, Ryan Lavalette, Nathan Mitchell, Andrea Lisa, Kim Scott, and more. It's going to be happening August 22nd, 23rd, and 24th at the Historic Paps Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Check out our website, www.freshcoastjazz.com, for information and tickets. And thank you for listening today. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. <laughs>